Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue, or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Cause if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, cause everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we start a kook cast. Cause the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Along with Coach Evan, we started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Members, head over to the site, log in, check out some of the recent questions we answered, and also keep your eyes out for two new KookCast episodes we just recorded that will be online soon, uh, but they won't be released publicly for a few weeks, so if you want to check them out before they're out there for everyone else, go on ahead and log in. This week on KookCast, we're giving you our list of 10 surfer instincts that you must cultivate. Of course, there's definitely more than 10, but these are the ones that came to mind based on our experiences working with beginners and the common reactions we're always trying to train into our students. Uh, surfer Instincts. Another one of these long in the making episodes. I always do like these. We get plenty of time to think about them and they always start with one and then as we let it kind of cook, you know, go surf, have some sessions, start realizing like, oh, there's some other ones that you don't think about right off the bat, especially an instinct, because an instinct is not something you're very conscious of. It's something that you automatically do. That's what this episode is, is what are these little traits that you should be looking to cultivate in yourself that really aren't thought, you know, conscious processes? Shoot. Where's our notes for surfer instincts? I thought we were doing self-sabotage. That, uh, that's what I was asking you in the beginning. <laughs> surfer instincts first. You all right with that? <laughs> yep, I'm all queued up for the wrong episode. <laughs> there we are. Right on. Yeah, I mean, this is this. It's it's so clear to us, you know, that a lot of these instincts have been developed over over our whole lifetime as becoming a surfer. You know, because we're in the water so often with novice beginner level level students and then it becomes very clear like wow we're just making all these little decisions and these in darting movements and urgency and and the way in which we just are in the water is just so different than than them that you know it really started uh becoming pretty clear that we needed to talk about this and and plant the seeds in some of our listeners so that they can start to you know, propagate this in, in themselves as surfers. So let's get into this first one. Um, you know, we're, we're constant, same deal. We're chatting and talking in the lineup, but our, our eyes are constantly stuck on the horizon and move, moving, scanning the horizon because that's kind of where I see the first sign of a little wave or a little opportunity. It's like a little blip over the, over the horizon line and that tells me that there's a little something out there and it's moving towards me and basically right away you know we're starting to move and we're starting to move towards the most developed part of the that line that's coming towards us which we call the peak yeah i mean this is this was the instinct that kind of triggered the episode idea you know being with a student and just kind of letting the instinct take over and realizing like, oh, I just left them in the dust. Like they're still back there sitting, you know? And it was like, okay, this is something, you know, it just brought it up to the top, made me realize that this is something that needed to be articulated. Like when there's a peak, we move towards it. You know, we start actively making our approach, whether that's laterally to line up with it or to meet it on the outside, cause it's a big one. And even, you know, at this point in the, the process you're not even thinking am i catching this wave or not yet you are just simply moving towards the peak and that's the instinct that i see missing in a lot of beginner surfers is that they just sit stagnant even when the entire lineup lays down and starts paddling in the same direction there's always those few that just kind of sit there and 
you got to wonder what's going on in their mind. Like, are they even wondering why everyone's moving? And they are they feeling a little awkward about being the only one that's not? <laughs> are you even observing? <laughs> we're, we're looking around. You know, usually we're one of the first ones to move. So we're already kind of looking at them like, okay, look at us. We're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're seeing everybody else move. And then it's really like, okay, if they didn't get the hint then, then, all right, we need to talk about this thing. Um, and, and again, there's just so little time. There's so little time when a way is approaching that building this and training this into you, this, you know, being, having your radar on and being ready to move at a moment's notice is just such an important part of being a, a you know, a put together surfer out there. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to wrap it up before we move to the next point is I, I think I just want everyone to realize too that this concept applies to the the chapters of the wave setup, meaning like that initial phase of when you realize a, a wave may have a little more significance to it than the others, you start moving towards it, you know, and then as all the way to the end when you're basically deciding, oh, this is a good wave and I'm nearest to the spot, this could be me you're still moving towards the peak even while you're paddling for the wave and even as it's lifting you, you're still instinctually as you really get to this level as a surfer, moving in a direction that's not just towards the beach to catch the wave but also towards the peak if you're still not lined up with it. Right. So, that, And that, that explains a lot of the meandering that surfers are doing out there. Right, that's a, that is a super important um point to hit you know it's just like this is what we're trying to develop in our students that one of the main differences in the way that we are in the water and how we track down waves is that most of the time you know we're moving more at a, a lateral angle or a parallel angle to the beach um, to get deeper or further towards the shoulder on on a peak and in in turn we're able to see what the wave is doing and just it's so much easier to look out of the side of your your peripheral versus trying to look over the back you know over the back of your head and turn and crane your neck around um this is kind of still when you're when you're moving at a lateral angle you're able to see everything so much better when you start moving to the peak sooner than later you start soaking up all this this information you start seeing other surfers and if they're in a better position for you than you for the wave um you know it's just it's just such an important part of of being out there and being an aware surfer so mm -hmm. start moving towards that peak peeps you hear us in in sessions say it you know often that's the kind of the first move you make um mm -hmm. is moving towards the peak because it, it just compounds on itself helps helps in so many ways okay so the next one on our list uh, came up after this idea was already in our notes. You know, we got the surfer instincts list started and I was in session and it just, it irked me so much for some reason suddenly, <laughs> but watching somebody go for a wave, miss it and have this like moment of self pity or defeat, you know, and like drop their head and sit there or not even sit up, but stay laying after the wave long passed under them. And I'm out there looking like like cringing and, and eager to see them pop up and spin, you know, and look back at me. Yeah. You know, I want them to see the next wave coming. I want them to see if a surfer's on that wave coming right at them. And just the general sense of like, okay, I've moved from the outside where you catch a wave from to much more inside. You know, basically you've crossed that line of in the danger zone, getting in the way. And so it really bugs me when I don't see surfers sitting up or stopping, you know, recognizing you're not catching a wave. Because really, guys, you shouldn't be paddling until you miss the wave. You should recognize waves you're not going to catch and stop paddling before it's a lost cause. Yep. You know, so when you're paddling for a wave and realizing, oh, this is not, you know, go back and listen to the art of missing waves. Paddling for a wave... And, and realizing you're not going to catch it, you're sitting up and spinning right away, you know, and looking out the back. And it doesn't have to be this splashy, noisy th situation. It can be clean and, and, and just prompt and done, you know, with good timing and still be fast in that sense. 
Um, but you know, it's bad when it's just not there at all. And there's this uncomfortable amount of time with a surfer spending, uh, uh, sitting inside with their back turned to the ocean. Yeah. It's just totally blind. And it really speaks to, you know, any surfer who's doing this has not gotten mopped up by a set, you know, by paddling for a wave and then missing it and then turning around and there's one that's twice the size and it's bearing down on you. That's really how this got trained into us. Or right. or missing a wave, turning around and then your buddy's in the perfect position, a little further out, a little deeper, and now you're just in the worst spot. There's pretty much nowhere you can go. You, you can't you know paddle straight towards the beach quick enough. You can't make it to the shoulder and you know paddling back deeper than the the surfers kind of just like it just puts you in the same spot as them yeah you're just pinched yeah you're just yeah. pinched so that's really where this instinct was developed in us is oh my gosh you know i'm in the very worst position because i didn't recognize i wasn't going to catch that wave i wasn't in a great position to start with and all the signs were telling me you're not getting into this wave and you still force it and then you turn around and you get a proper beating or you you know you get spooked because that surfer's rail goes whizzing by your head at you know 30 miles an hour yeah yeah it doesn't have to be that close <laughs> um and this also kind of speaks to moments uh, never mind missing a wave but just being sideways you know, like lacking that, well, it's kind of a later point, lacking urgency, but just not realizing that you need to, you, you have one job in that moment and that's to face the, the horizon and square up that wave, nose to horizon it, it squared up. Um, you know, and, and not seeing people do that and letting themselves get swiped or they're running for the shoulder, there's nobody on the wave so they can safely like make that attempt at getting over the shoulder rather than going through whitewater. But you know, not going to make it to the shoulder in time. So the the breaking wave gets them and, but they're still turned sideways. Yeah. So they get absolutely mopped up when it could have been a clean bust through, you know, if you just took it square. Right. So it's, it's, it's all in the same category of just not turning to the horizon and, and really making your, you know, an urgent approach back towards outside position. Yeah. That's a really good point. You know, just getting through these, you know, you do 80% of the work, you know, you made it clean to the shoulder and then instead of taking a couple more swipes in a prone turn and, and squaring up the wave and doing a little press up, you're gassed and you barely do a half-ass press up. You get slapped in the face, turned around, sent into the beach or, or wiped <laughs> off your board. And it's just, you know, it's those, it's those moments where, you know, I'm talking to our listeners right now, like you, you really got to be your own coach and you got to expect a little something more out of yourself that's that's how you take it up a notch you know you hold yourself to a different standard here there's there's too much of the surfing population that's okay with going out there and and it being a shit show and it being sloppy and having near misses left and right and really surfing is not supposed to be like that it's supposed to just be fun it it is it can be pretty damn safe if everybody's holding on to their board and keeping distance from each other um it's it's you know you can hear it in my voice it's really starting to wear on me folks so <laughs> please uh, okay so this one actually came up because of a member question that we have to still get to coach and that is just in regards to how much you angle your takeoff and this one's going to be we got to unpack this one because i got my own little frustration with this it's maybe frustration is the wrong word but you know we talk a lot about angling our takeoff and i think what we really should be saying to people is and we do say this but not using them interchangeably these words but angling and setting your rail are not interchangeable terms you know right however before we get to that just the you know to keep it simple and and not start splitting the hairs quite yet but just what a surfer recognizes is as they're getting lifted by a wave and preparing to get to their feet and set their rail and do all that process, that crucial moment in surfing take off, um, knowing how much to point down the line off the bat. 
you know, is it a very angled takeoff? Are you basically parallel to the line of the wave, dropping in sideways, you know, and expecting like to have this sideways, uncomfortable, awkward free fall and, and grab and have to hold your balance? Or is it a very straight takeoff and it's a slopey wave and you're going to slide way out in front and bottom turn? It, it, it's You have a little say in what you do, you know, because we all get to approach situations the way we want to as surfers and the way we interpret them. But really, the wave is determining to you how to take it, you know, and what, uh, how much angle, to be basic about it again, to, to set on your takeoff and to basically begin your ride. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it really landed with me, which is what you said about the, the wave dictates your angle. So, like, you know, the, the two waves that came up in my mind was like, okay, Waikiki. It doesn't doesn't even run down the line so much. It pretty much just breaks way outside, and it's just like a little it's like a little white water that's just pushing straight towards the beach. You basically can drop in going straight, and you never get left behind. You're just going mm-hmm. straight, you know. Versus say like a beach break boogie wave, you know, that's actually like a a beach break slamming barreling thing. You you drop in almost completely free falling sideways and you're as you're free falling, you're putting your your boogie on rail and you're setting your the more you set your rail, the the more down the line drive you're going to get. So the, just those two just those two things, um those two circumstances, those two waves um and then starting to to play around with that you know that's one thing that i think could clarify this whole angling the takeoff and when we're teaching it a lot of it's you know, the way that you angle the takeoff is you set your rail right so right. like you know the the more you need to set your rail the the more you're you're angling the takeoff and the more the the wave is stretched out in front of you the more of an angle that you have to take off with um and again it's it's developed it was developed in us on boogies on all different styles of waves so we just got so many cracks at it so many reps at okay that wasn't enough that was enough angle or rail set i buried the nose and i got sucked over the falls and slammed into the sand you know like that's how we learned it versus if you're learning it on a very docile, soft wave, you, you might not even get very many opportunities to do that side-slipping, boards almost parallel to the beach style takeoff. And once you commit to it and you commit to setting the rail and realize that the, you know, that the board pretty much does every the board and the wave does everything for you you just have to hold the you know the posture and believe and then all of a sudden miraculously this board comes spinning out onto the shoulder and you're still on it and it's all good um it's it's tough to really dial that in and and you gotta you gotta have some faith in in your coaches and start watching better surfers in the lineup you know when they're a little bit late and they still spin around and turn and take off and they do that little side slip takeoff. It's one of the best things in surfing is that little moment of free friction, the board rail engaged, but kind of dropping and sliding down the face and then catching and sending you on down the line. Mm-hmm. And just like anything, you know, the way that you develop instincts is by repeatedly over and over and over putting yourself in these positions and and you just nailed it there once again why is the boogie king of all you know equipment to use in the water because of the reps you get you know and the instincts you can develop on boogie so much faster than on a surfboard yeah that that was it that's always a tricky one and something you know that like we're, i'm sure we've done a whole a whole episode on just the angling the takeoff but it might be time to revisit yeah, I think so. I think we start with that question we got sitting in our mailbox um, for the membership site. We'll yeah. get to that one because uh, it is it is so. It, it one time sometimes I just feel like it's semantics. Like everybody involved in the conversation is got their own definition for each one of those words, you know. So I feel like one way we can 
get this understood is to define certain terms we're using, you know, and go from there. Well, let's. But uh, we'll save that for the yeah, member question. Yeah, let's save that for the members because a bunch of stuff's coming up right now. We could just get yeah. stuck on this <laughs> one point. We're gonna go down our old ways and just start tangent lining hardcore <laughs> off of our theme here, <laughs> like we always do. Uh, All right. Okay. Um, Go ahead, give us our second one. Uh, no, it's our fourth one. Yeah, compression for unbalanced moments, you know, through mm-hmm. through rough sections and things like that. And this is, again, this this was developed, this must have been developed on skateboards or something for us because it, it really is something that's so trained into us. As soon as something gets a little haywire, boom, we drop down, drop down really low, like so low that you can pretty much get your hands on the board, on the rail, you're you're not getting bucked off the board you know you're going down to the board right right and and probably being leashless too you know like just having that extra sensitivity to the fact that if you if you disconnect if you wipe out and and lose the board or you're not wearing a leash so you'll lose the board so anytime there's this chance upcoming that you could fall you're compressing for holding your balance, but also, like you said, hands are right there. So if you do go down, you're grabbing the board as well. You know, multi-process going on, thought going on there. But you know, you, you really can tell who has it or who who doesn't because you see it in in how people wipe out when they wipe out like a stick figure or a falling tree. You know, like they just didn't read that little white water head and just kept standing nice and tall and pew, gone down timber. Um, yeah and it's just you know it's just a sure sign of that lack of instinct to compress when when you see the the time coming like a little closeout section that you're going to need to straighten out for or maybe it's not a closeout section maybe it's just a little imperfection in the line and you know you're gonna have to deal with white water kind of covering your rail for a little bit which if you have experience you know that uh creates a little turbulence it's a little harder to keep your line steady and set and so you get low and condense your weight down against the board so that that rail holds steady um but yeah it's it's simple but you just easily see it all over the place and it's a sure sign of a beginner just standing tall no matter what's ahead steep section standing tall white water around coming standing (laughs) tall uh you know close out coming and you're kind of heading over the top and still standing tall you know there's just uh lots of reasons why you should be compressing in fact probably more than uh the moments where you're standing locked out tall right right that's just something that you can kind of start chipping away at just like get get comfortable in like a deep squat you know just get down really really low and get down in that spot and and get comfy and then and then rise up out of it and start doing this on land so it's not it's not a foreign concept to your body that okay you know i i need to straighten out the sections coming at me boom you step step back on your board and get down nice and low and and have this whole another level of of board control i think it's this is a huge part of board control right here is just that instinct to to compress and stay low to your board and uh, you'll see how much less of a process it is if you're already down close to the board it's just so easy Mm. to to sit down put your legs in the water and shut everything down or lay down on your board and slide off the side of the wave and skitter scatter out of the way keep paddling Mm -hmm. Um, just really really start working on this Mm -hmm. um i i Last thing before we move on is um, just I think one of the reasons why it's not very natural for people to do is because we're used to either sitting and completely shutting down our muscles, you know, like not using much muscle at all to keep your, you know, skeleton up um, versus when you're uh, standing tall and you're just basically locked out and you're kind of using your skeleton, not your muscles. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you bend your knees, that's how you properly compress, by the way, guys, you bend your knees, keep your posture straight, keep your head above your feet as you get lower. Um, but that puts your weight into your thighs, Mm -hmm. you know, and that means you have to be able to hold your weight, not depending on your locked out knees to do that. And that's hard if you're not used to doing it. Yeah. You got to be able to squat and not like drop 
you know, like free fall down into a squat, but actually control your descent and your ascent so that you have, uh, you like maintain flow while you're compressing and extending on a wave. Because if you have an abrupt compression extension, you start splashing a little, you start shedding away your flow. And it's especially important in small waves to maintain flow. So that means you got to be able to control your body mechanics with good, you know, good, strong muscles. Yeah, and, and this is, that's just bringing up a point, too. It's like a lot of the time to get through one of those little flat sessions on a wave, you really don't have to do much other than just kind of lower your center of gravity, calm everything down, all this upper movement up here. Mm. And as you get down nice and low to your board, every, it quiets everything. And, and instead of thinking you need to move forward three steps on your board or cross step back or something like that, sometimes just compressing down into the board can really smooth smooth the glide through through a section Mm. just like Mm. playing you know just playing with it while you're actually riding when you have that you know when you have that wave that everything comes together and you're actually kind of present there and able to think about some things you can almost just like try it you know see what it feels like to go from your normal kind of almost completely locked out stance to a let's call it a, you know, a 60% compressed set position and just kind of see how much less, you know, unbalanced and, and erratic your movements mm-hmm. are when, when you're down with that low center of gravity close to the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like this next one that you uh, added to our list. Um, but basically just not letting yourself be behind surfers, you know, having this red flag just go off as because a lot of times it happens that someone paddles in front of you. Yeah. They just see something themselves. You're all say paddling out a set's coming and they just see something and kind of change lanes. And now they're in front of you without them even realizing it. It's your job to move over also, or to change your lane and, and just make sure that no one's in front of you because I never trust anybody <laughs> to go through a wave and not let go of their board. Yeah. It, it, it's just too risky of a chance to take on a stranger. You know, like you just, just, it's a lot easier to just play it safe, preventative maintenance, and just never, ever allow, it's your new rule, never allow a surfer to be in front of you. Yeah. And, and even when you're sitting in the lineup, you know, all these times, there's just, it's never a, it's never a good idea to be in line right behind a surfer, um, you know, even slightly off center behind them is, mm. is not enough, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the ways uh, that I, I learned this lesson the hard way is I was, I wasn't directly behind the surfer. I was off to the side and we were paddling through a, a pretty big set and right at the last minute, like she was lined up to pierce pierced under the lip and just get through it and I was doing the same thing duck diving it but she was I didn't really I guess I didn't take into account that she was on like a big soft top so right the last minute she just slid off the side of the board let let the board you know get taken in the lip and I was duck diving that same wave and I ducked dove, but it wasn't deep enough and the, the rail came down like on my back and ribs and like knocked the air out of me. I thought it broke my ribs. Like I was, it was hurting so bad right away that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so done. Like I started, I, look, I looked at her. I was like, you have to hold on to your board. You just hit me with your board. But I was like, could barely talk, you know? <laughs> I was just like so bummed paddling away. And, and it was a miraculous recovery. Like it just started, you know, kind of dissipating the pain. But that kind of reminded me like, oh, you got to give people so much more space than you would ever think. And like, if you ever saw video of us getting caught inside with a pack of people, we'd be one of the few people that are going parallel and, and going, you know, just making space. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the wave that's bearing down on you. It has everything to do with the people around you and making sure you have, you know, 20, 20 feet of space on them you know and yep yep that's that's the the really important takeaway i think for people to realize is that what you're afraid of out there is not waves it shouldn't be it should be people that's what's scary that's what's unpredictable 
truly, you know, I mean, waves can be called unpredictable, but in a predictable sense, you know, like they, they come in, they stand up, they break, you know, like where they may break or how they may break could, is varying. But what people do, that's truly unpredictable. <laughs> and just like in your case of that woman seemingly all good, gonna pierce this lip and just bailing at the last moment really proves that you just can't trust people to make the rational good decision when the, the heat of the moment is upon. Um, but yeah, that's, and then like what you're saying about being in the pack, and, and it's, it's not about the waves. It's like, if I'm with a pack and the, these waves are coming, I'm going sideways. I'm getting way more rolled by waves than I'd l usually like to be in this situation because I'm getting caught sideways and still trying to duck dive and getting worked a little bit, but at least I'm making space. Yeah. So I'll gladly get a little extra rolled and gladly have a little bit more of a turbulent inside you know situation go down in the name of not having it be a board to the, to the dome. Right. It it's definitely has nothing to do with a, a surfboard or even the, even the possibility. Like, make it so that there's pretty much, and that's difficult to do, that there's no possibility that you're going to get swiped by a board, but it really takes that, that quick acting instinct to just make space right away, you know, where everybody mm -hmm. else is, is not even thinking about the angles in which they're paddling, they're cutting each other off, they're, you know one of those one of those things to to figure out is you know like if you don't see the the person paddle out look to their left look to their right and then crane all the way around and make sure that their inside is is cleared then you can pretty much guarantee that they're just out there in survival mode and and they're not thinking about you so you got to save your own skin yeah, yeah. Defensive driving, peeps. <laughs> um, this kind of this kind of suits the category. It's a good segue in, but just the general uh, another instinct is the general theme of well placed urgency. For the most part, I think when you were surfing, it's very tame. It's very well paced, but there are moments where you basically give it everything you got, you know, and that's when the urgency strikes and. For example, like when you're getting caught inside or a set's coming in, it's going to clean up the group that you're a part of. You're pretty urgent about breaking away from the group. But um, even without people, just, you know, the feeling, the requirement to get out of someone's way that's riding a wave seems to lack so much in beginners. Like people will just sit there and watch someone whiz right by them as they float over the wave. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I hear the answer be like, oh, they went around me, or they could go around me, and, it, and that's not okay. You know, you're trying to be so out of the way, one, for your own safety, just because you don't know who that surfer is all the time, you don't know if they're capable of controlling their board well enough to go around you, but also because you just don't want to be the guy or the girl who just sits there when people found a wave to themselves, and you're the one that just right in the middle of their clean, open canvas just like, yeah, just go around me. <laughs> Feel free to just, you know, change your line because I'm not moving. It's it's really, um, it's weird. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not cool. It's not the time to sit and gander and, and just like watch, you know, and study a surfer. That's not the time to do it, you know, when they're, when they're setting up a wave and you're on the inside of them. Um, this is just something that we've, we've seen be an issue in all parts of the world that we we've, we've traveled to there's just something there you know that wasn't instilled in in a lot of the beginner novice surfers to just simply your job as the surfer is to stay out of the way and it is going to take some you know that that urgency of when you miss that inside wave to spin around and then jam jam to the shoulder and be way out of the way or jam way to the inside of the of the peak and and again you're not even on their radar because you got there's so much distance on you and that other surfer and it, it just takes you know it, it takes either paddling your ass off or just being more um cognizant and making those moves sooner mm -hmm. this is reminding me of a fun game i play with uh the grom sometimes uh, especially the the lazy ones that kind of start getting all comfortable out there, you know, nothing ever goes wrong. Um, after, like, a lot of times when it's empty out there, we're surfing and the conditions maybe aren't the greatest, so there's a, a very low crowd if anybody's out at all. And it's just us two, one thing I like to bring, because that's where the tendency to get a little lazy comes. You know, there's no one out here, it's no big deal. 
So they'll take off on a wave and literally the very next wave, whether it's a good or bad wave, I'm catching it and I'm trying to get them. <laughs> like just sailing it as close as possible. And if, and if I get close enough, I'll give them a spanking or something. You know what I mean? I'll reach out and give them a spank and, and show them like, look, I got you. You know, I, you gotta be, you gotta be getting out of the way as if somebody is a heat seeking missile coming for you. Like that's how to think about it. When you look out the back and there's a surfer on the wave, you're like, oh boy, I'm out of here. And there's gotta, you know, like you said, instill the urgency. So that was, that's my game. That's my way of doing it. I've, and of course they know, I'm not surprising them with it, but you know, like as soon as you get off this wave, watch out. Cause I'm looking for you, I'm coming. And the only way to really skirt that is pretty much go behind the surfer, right? Like that's the only right. way to, to not get spanked is <laughs> right. to run behind the surfer. They're, they're, you know, they're never going to be anywhere close to, to touching you. Right. If you go behind. Right. Them. Every time, every time that they try to make it to the shoulder, it's just like, Oh yeah, I got you, baby. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> no I'm problem. A, I'm on a wave. you know, I'm dropping in on a wave and you're under right. your own paddle power. Um, and who's going to win this race? To the shoulder. That's that's <laughs> it. That that's the one that you guys always got to remember. There's there's no winning in in that situation other than going in the opposite direction. Right. Right. Um, all right. Hit our next one. Uh, cr- like crowning down and punching through the lip, um, or just cr- just using the correct um, board control skill to get through a whitewater or a wave in a smooth in a smooth way and to, and to um, be efficient and, and save, save your strength. You know, it's just so much, t- it's so much timing involved in the ocean. And again, this goes back to punching under waves as a Grom without a board at all and just diving through waves, diving through waves and getting, you know, having hundreds if not thousands of waves in one day that you've made this calculation okay where am i and where is the wave and do i have time to sneak under underneath that lip and let you know let the energy just wash over the top of me and i come out nice and clean with the hair out of my face on the other side or do i falter and second guess myself and just do what i always do which is just do a press up and then just get smoked you know just slapped in the face water up the nose spun around ripped up ripped apart from your board uh (laughs) you know these these things really if this is happening consistently in your sessions then this is something you need to address right i want to call this one decisiveness you know like knowing what move to use and and using it and not getting caught between two minds you know like oh should i turtle or press up turtle or press up and then meanwhile, you're getting mowed in neither of those <laughs> positions. Right. <laughs> um, it, it, this reminds me of a funny moment. I was sitting on the beach with Zeus one time and we watched a surfer jump out and he had all the looks and signs of being a pretty decent put together surfer. He's short little board, you know, just like looked comfortable carrying it the way he hopped out of his truck and walked down to the beach and just had it all dialed like it obviously wasn't his first time. You know, so I'm kind of, I'm watching him and I just want to see this guy surf. I'm just interested in surfers, you know? Yeah. But I see him jump on his board and right away his paddling technique. And, and, um, I was like, oh, I thought to myself, like, I can tell already he's not actually as great as he came off on land. So I just wanted to play a game and I was like, oh, how do you think he surfs, honey? Like, you think he's a good or a bad surfer? And she looks at him, she goes, oh, he's not good. And I was like, kind of surprised at how sure she was. And... The reason she gave was just on this, the decisiveness of how to go through waves. She's like, when you guys paddle out, you're up or down. A wave comes and you go under it or you go over it. And there's no like weird, like bobbing your head, like lifting it to go over and then realizing you have to go under, you know, or or going down too late because you realize you can't go over it. So now you're getting caught halfway between your duct. So he was like struggling to like read the oncoming waves, just little inside wave, nothing. Right. But like just wasn't making very decisive and smooth decisions about like, okay, I'm pressing up. Okay, I'm duck diving. Okay, I'm just going to like lift my chest. This one's so small. I don't even have to press up and stop paddling and just make good, effective, efficient decisions and, and basically positive progress. And that's, you know, and that's what we're talking about here is just another surfer instinct 
is knowing what skill to use when the time calls for it and using it and not hesitating and not having this look of uncertainty in the water. Yeah, basically like we we pop, you know, we pop through a wave and the next one, as soon as we see it, you know, in our minds, we've just labeled it. Okay, this is a wave that we're pressing up through. This is a buoyancy mm. pop. Oh, this thing's loading up, loading up, loading up. This is a, you know, a good duck, like I need a good duck dive to get through this wave. Or it's that perfect, you know, there's nothing, to me, there's nothing better. It's like one of my favorite parts about surfing is just not even having to really duck dive, but just the timing of putting my head down sideways, you know, to the board, holding on nice and tight and just slipping right through a wave and coming mm. up clean on the other side without ever having to do anything. No press up, no pushing down and duck diving. It's just crowning down, holding yourself steady so the board doesn't come and bop you in the, in the face um, and just making it through the other side. It's just so, so sweet. And then when I see it botched <laughs> in the lineup, it just, it makes me laugh so hard and it just makes me want to go tell that person come on like you got to figure this out it yeah you, yeah you get so many like <laughs> this actually should be happening so many times in your session because it's just the timing of surfer meeting waves coming towards them and right and where we're putting ourselves in the lineup that there's going to be a lot of times where there's the opportunity to pick up your pace maybe a tiny bit so that you right. meet it just right and it folds over the top of you and you're right through it um, so smooth. Right, it's it's like a combination of two instincts. Is like have recognizing the wave and having the urgency to put yourself in the position for where you're gonna get best get through it in the way that you just said. Because without the urgency, you might not lay down and paddle fast enough to the point where you get there in time. So now the wave's a broken wave you have to punch through, yeah. which is way more annoying and turbulent and not as easy to be clean and look good about. Whereas when you have that urgency and you're like, oh, if I just get right there, I mean, this is all happening in a millisecond, but the narration would be if I just get right there by this time before that wave gets there, I'm going to be piercing the lip and have no problem getting through. Yeah. And so you're urgent and you make that decisive move decision on what you're doing and, and you get through. And there's two surfer instincts right there that really give you that ease in your, in your sessions about how you're just conducting yourself on your board in the ocean. Absolutely. And we, we kind of talked about this point um, up there as far as what was it? Maybe just the pace or something like that. Mm -hmm. But this is, you know, that that instinct in you where where you decide usually this is on a bigger day and and you've, you know, finally found yourself in like worst case scenario where there's a set bearing down on you and you're not going to make it under the lip and you're not going to be able to duck dive whatever board that you have on uh have on tap you pretty you're pretty certain that the board's going to get ripped out of your hands so instead of using all your strength and everything in you you make sure and, and clear your your zone look to your left your right and then behind you make sure that you have 20 feet on all surfers and then you slide off to the side of your board before that big white water detonates on top of you, you dip under the wave and, and you swim through it and, and trust mm. your leash. You know, this is something that we rarely do again, maybe an only double overhead surf, you know, something where it gets to the point or, or really powerful barreling surf where there's just certain times where you're really putting yourself in, in a position where you could, get hurt trying just to hold on to the board you know and it's right right you you're that's the line right there isn't it yeah like knowing when to bail when to abandon ship is basically about your own health like trying to hang on to your board is just going to get you killed yeah <laughs> so you gotta let go of course like you said and i want to just emphasize to everybody out there that you're clearing your area big time and usually you know on these days when it's that big, you're only out there with surfers who get it and understand how this session goes. This isn't like a friendly summer, you know, beginner beach situation. This is like all surfers involved are real deal surfers, know what's going on. So you're all already automatically keeping space between each other mm -hmm. because 
it's just a big day and spaces close much quicker when the waves are quick, bigger and the water's moving faster. Um, so it should be set up for you to be safe to abandon ship on a big day, but still, you still got to clear. You still got to look around and make sure that someone's not near enough that when your board plus leash plus body is fully extended, it's, it's still not enough to reach them. Yeah. I mean, there, there's times where it's just not, it's not an option, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're going to get mopped up. There's other surfers there. It's not a good situation, but it's a better situation when the surfer and the body, you know, at least they're, they're one, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of two, two objects that are potentially going to get wrapped up with another surfer. Um, if you just, you know, there, there'll be times, you know, even with us in the lineup where you just have to duck dive a wave that you probably wouldn't have and just hold lock on and know you're getting pulled over, but you know that your board's not just going to shoot out like a, like a dagger, you know, and, and, you know, and you have no control over which way it's shooting. Um, so, so you just got to lock onto it and get absolutely rolled, whatever it is, you know, get sucked over the falls. You, you'd, you'd have your two coaches applauding you on the beach, getting sucked over the falls. If there was somebody else coming down the line, you know, we'd be so, so proud. Um, because very few people are doing it, you know, making the Mm -hmm. right decision on, they're they're abandoning ship left and right you know when they when they really shouldn't you know and it's it's Mm -hmm. it's a terrible habit to get into this this should be the last last ditch effort you know just like we always talk to you guys about like plan you know start training yourself to be a leashless surfer or somebody who doesn't even use their leash um because they're they figured out how to control their board in 90 eight percent of the situations out there mm-hmm. all right last two all right. we got when to go and when to pull back that's a good one mm-hmm. I, it came up in a recent team session we did um where you know we were talking about control and sometimes control is recognizing that if i go on this wave i'm not going to be able to control it at least feel confident that I couldn't continue and stay in control. So don't go. Right. That's how you stay in control. <laughs> this is this is such a good one to talk about right now during summer where everybody's getting out there and they have this this fleeting feeling in them that this is their last opportunity to catch away for the summer. So they're just like, fuck it, I'm going. <laughs> Sorry, Nancy. You know, I know, I know, I know you got kids and a family, but I'm just, I just gotta go, you know, like, it's like the world titles on the line and they're deciding to go world soft top finals in the water. And, um, we just seeing it. Soft top finals. We're seeing it happen every day. And then we're just looking at these people like, come on, it wasn't worth it. It just was way too close, and um, we, we got to get better at this. You again, it's it's board control skills a lot of the time too. It's like you finally got in position, but now there's somebody right there, and you haven't practiced your sitting stop. So it's just like, what do I do? I just I just let it happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when yeah. it's so easy just to sit up and and pull back for one second and it, it, it remedies the whole problem, you know, right. Saves your right. buddy on the inside, saves you from feeling like shit and sets you up for a, another better wave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it just, it, it, you just don't want to hurt anybody out there. It's really so simple. Nobody wants to hurt anybody that just, It'll just, it, it doesn't just ruin your day. It kind of taints surfing for you. You know, now every time you pull out your board, you're like, uh, you know, like, you know very well how wrong things can go. Yeah, you see that ding that was fixed on your board and you're just like, ooh, I remember that one. Yeah, that ding with someone's hair in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so again, this is, you know, go back, listen to the art of missing waves. We're pulling back and not going on way more waves out of the session than the wit the waves that we're actually putting our head down and going going for um mm-hmm. so again kind of l- 
be be honest and and look at your session and and think about how many times in your session that you just put somebody in in a precarious situation because you were like oh you know you you basically your patience wasn't there and and uh you're willing to roll the dice and th that's why there's just so many close calls out there in that in every right. lineup right okay last one all right one. well speaking of instincts you know behaviors that you just do that you don't even realize you do kind of is uh mind surfing i we added this one to the list because i don't even know if people realize this or beginner surfers do this but when you look at the ocean do you just look at the ocean or are you imagining yourself on that wave in the perfect spot for the entire length of it you know and how would you surf it and where would you take off from and where are you finishing and you know basically surfing a session in your mind from the beach while you're checking the surf is something that i think most surfers do yeah it, it and again it's it's like a it's a training tool it's a training session uh you know there'll be times where you were too late to the beach and the sun's going down and it's getting dark or whatever you know or if it's really t super tiny like micro just just watch how the waves are coming in you know it can even it a lot of the times a spot will be breaking just as it was when it's six inches versus it's six feet you know so you can kind of mm. see how the waves come in and and touch the reef and break and 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 all that kind of stuff and it, it just i know we've spent countless hours breaking down spots that way you know and just just totally really getting um interested in, in all the little nuance of of a surfing spot and then and then of course what we talk to our students a lot you know you go out and you surf for 60 minutes and you're gassed out and you can't go back out but what you really should be doing is after you take off your suit and you grab a a glass you know a sip of water you should be watching the other surfers out there and, and just finding the the peeps who are out there riding really smooth or just you know if you're trying to get better at your inside skills just just watch you know analyze other mm -hmm. surfers analyze waves that are breaking and do that mind surfing exercise that all of a sudden it's it's like you're actually doing reps out there in the white water totally there's really something to be said about mental practice mind surfing and uh, you know for me that's how I find my wave you know when I'm looking out at a crowded lineup I'm looking for the unridden waves and is there a pattern going on mm -hmm. is this one wave just keeps going by over and over in the same spot not only am I riding that am I surfing it I'm like that's my moment where I'm eyeing it up and being like okay that one's sneaking under the pack no one sees that wave breaking that's where I'm surfing so mind surfing sets you up for success too to actually surf. Right on coach, really good one. This was a long time coming and there'll be a lot more this summer. So tighten up your game folks. Get out there, do us proud. You, you, you.